Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hong Kong China's Ho Ho Loon 
battles the exciting Aria Davari. The technician Clement Batu takes on the hard-hitting Cedric Alexander. And everyone is jacked to see the golden star Kota Ibushi, one of the biggest stars in Japan, go one-on-one -on -one with the Samoan sensation Sean Maluda. But we kick off the tournament with the high-flying Grand Metalli versus Chile's own Alejandro Saiz. So let's not waste any more time. Let's take a look at two of our first competitors. What up, high flyers and high flyers? It's your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got my good friend, uh, Justin Time, on the other side of the country here. Justin, how are you doing, my friend? Doing very good. Happy to be back. And we're glad to have you back. Um, your, uh, your boy, High Five Tom, here, unfortunately, screamed his balls off for about 90 minutes at a concert on Sunday, on top of having an existing cold. Um, so I do apologize for the, the hoarseness. Um, but we're going to make do. So I sound a lot better than I did yesterday. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are, Alyssa, Justin, I've been talking about this for a while, but uh, the time has begun. We, the tournament has started. And yes. uh, the first match we've got was Grand Metalik representing the Mexico versus Alejandra Sa uh, Saiz. Saiz, um, Saiz, I think. Saiz. I think it's Saiz. I think it's uh, representing Chile. Um, obviously, definitely um, size is a unique story. Um, I guess he's actually started his own promotion in Chile. And mm -hmm. I know we talked about this last week, but um, yeah, it was fun. Um, first, right off the bat, like I said, I know we talked about it, but uh, dude had to cut 30 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to be a dick, I mean, all credit to him, but it kind of looked like it too. Mm hmm. Yeah, he definitely kind of had that that fallow, you know, dehydrated look to him. But uh, yeah, man, no, I mean, Ted, he was he, he definitely did. But honestly, he still looked pretty good. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I had never seen before. Like, I remember when I watched this, and I was just and seeing it again, I'm like, yeah, he was pretty good. I'm not. I definitely would want would have wanted to see more from him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you're going against one of the top contenders. I mean, Grand Metalik. I mean, we're we won't spoil it, but we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, um, but you know, and I thought you know, Marl and uh, Daniel, uh, well, Daniel Bryant this time, uh, mm -hmm. did a pretty good job. I mean, they kind of mentioned you know, um, the ring rest for Sias because he doesn't get to wrestle as much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and Grand Metalik, I mean, dude's wrestling up to ten matches a week. So I mean. You know, they did a really good job of kind of explaining, you know, obviously it has advantages experience-wise, mm -hmm. but gas tank-wise, you know, so. Um, but, you know, I didn't know much about Grandman. I mean, I knew the name, but, uh, but, yeah, dude, I mean, he had some really fun moves off the ropes, though. Yeah, I'd never had seen him before, but Cruiserweight Classic was enough to get me to be like, I am interested in him. I like him. Yeah, and then doing some digging. Um, he's huge in CMML, um, you know, obviously. So I guess he's a CMML as opposed to AAA. Uh, but we also spent some time in New Japan. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, a little just kind of off and on. But, yeah, he definitely – definitely a little bit of a, some Japanese style you can see in, in his work. So um, hmm. but what he do? He was, like, doing that bouncing, like, on the roll. Oh, he, like – he jumped from one rope, like, on the second rope. To the other mm -hmm. side of the turnbuckle, then did his flip thing. 
So I would dork for shit like that. So the um, crazy, the crazy dive out of the ring where he stepped up on the rope and did the tope over the top. No, yeah. I mean, the core strength that these guys guys just is phenomenal. I mean, the balance. Yeah, I love my luchadors. So, um, yeah. And then after this, you know, he had a, a decent, um, decent run with Lucha House Party. It sounds like. Yes, so. he, he definitely did. At least from what I had seen, but he was always him and Lindsay when they were a tag team. Every time the tag teams on the main roster were doing anything, they would always recycle the same teams over and over. And I would always go, Why are we forgetting Lucha House Party here every time? Like, how? Yeah. How do you forget them? And then when they went down to NXT, when they were part of like the tag tournament, and then the both of them were actually in the cruiserweight like tournament at one point, another tournament that they had originally, and it was just like, how how do they not use them more? They're both so good, and it just yeah. they always just were like the, the forgotten team, and then like randomly they'd throw them on TV, and then it'd be like, oh now you remember Lucha House Party. And then we just see them floating around in 24-7 nonsense. And I was like, come on. Why? You know, I not to be this guy, but I really think Vince doesn't like mass wrestlers. Um, really? Yeah, except for I was gonna say Ray Mysterio is the one exception. So um probably because Ray Mysterio made him a shit ton of money. So mm-hmm. um yeah, these guys are great. And I, I haven't seen much um if he's done much since his release, but, you know, hopefully he makes a comeback. So, you know, I think he just had a match. Either he just had a match or he's having a match in GCW, I believe. Really? Yes. Ooh, that's a good fit for him. He's so good. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, um, you know, a lot of fun matches. Look, you said, yeah, size, say size. I'm going to keep screwing that up. I'm sorry. Um, put up a really good fight. I mean, he really did. You know, I just think that the weight cutting kind of caught up to him. But, uh, um, but yeah, but yeah, basically, Grammar League uh, gets the one, two, three with a vicious drop on the head, some kind of pile driver thing. I was like, oof. Mm-hmm. The Metal League driver. So good. Yeah. So, so did you see him? Did you see him mess up though? And he ripped his own mask off there. No, I missed. No, that. when he hits when when he hits the driver, he has his head tucked. So as soon as he goes down, he gets like stuck under Saez, and his mask comes off. <coughs> oh shit! It was so like his like he's and he's fidgeting around like he keep his he kept his head down the entire time, so he could readjust it and get it back on before he popped his head back up. I was like, oh, he almost ripped his mask off. We almost saw his face. Wow. Huh. I didn't know. I'm going to have to go back and check that out. So, yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but we do find out this episode who his opponent is. And I'm very excited about that match coming up next round. But uh, yes. next, um, this is another fun one. we got Ari Davari uh, representing Iran. And Ho Ho Loon, uh, representing Hong Kong, China. Um, yeah, it sounds like Ho Ho started off actually as a judo. Yeah, he wanted to join wrestling, but he could only find judo. Um, you know, and they don't really have a lot of promotions in proper Hong Kong, I guess. So, 
<clears throat> yeah, which is weird. I know they have some in China, but um, yeah, look it up. He's been all over Asia, um, a little bit of Europe, and was a was a pretty good find for WWE. So, so good. But he used to just it stunk because they used to just have him be jobbers. Like when they actually after this tournament, he was just a jobber, and that sucked. Yeah, you know, it's like and you're and you're missing a humongous market because I mean. Um, the, the Chinese, they love their, their quote unquote local heroes. You know, you get all these Chinese basketball players. I mean, like, um, God, I don't even remember the guy's name, but the Bucks signed him for, and he was only played for the Bucks for a year, but he was like the, the third most basketball Jersey in the world, you know, cause all the Chinese, yeah, all the Chinese, you know, for like a, for a period, You know, like one of the biggest, I mean, one of the biggest, most watched sports events ever was, uh, yeah, two Chinese players playing in each other in the NBA. So, that's so uh, good. Yeah, they really kind of dropped the ball, but, um, you know, but our, obviously Ari's got a humongous lineage uh, going back into, uh, you know, obviously his brother. Um, but being from Minnesota, um, you know, Minnesota wrestling runs deep, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I really loved how cocky he got. He says, like, I'm the best wrestler to ever come out of Minnesota. I'm like, well, I don't know if you ever heard of these guys called, like, the Road Warriors or uh, <laughs> Nikita Koloff, um, Mr. Anderson, um, this guy, uh, what was his name, Kurt Henning, you know? <clears throat> so I love the cockiness of that. And shit, even Iron Sheet came out of Minnesota, so um, – <laughs> But it was a lot of fun. The crowd was really, really into this match. Whole yeah. super over. He's pretty good for the first time you see him. Like when yeah. I watched this the first time, I was like, he's pretty solid. I don't mind. I I like him, but like there was always something about Devari I was never into. Like, because I was never like a big fan of his brother either. Yeah. So it was like, so it was like I was like kind of eh on him at first. But then, like, later on, like, when he went to 205 Live, and then I saw more of him, and I was like, okay, I don't really, like, dislike him as much anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess he still runs a school in Minnesota. Because um, I know his brother's running a big school. with uh, Actually, Mr. Anderson, speaking of which. Um, uh, but, yeah, the crowd, let's see, the crowd, and they had a couple different ho-ho chants, which, like you said, for a guy that they'd never seen before. Right, I was like, oh, wow, awesome. Um, and I guess he still runs his own federation, but uh, I guess he's huge in Dragon Gate. Wow. Yeah, so I have to talk to Brett and Beaumont because I know they've been um, kind of – well, Brett, for the most part. Um, shout out to the Brain Buster boys. Uh, yes. He's in Dragon Gate, so Dragon Gate's nice. got huge history. Um, hmm. I guess Johnny Gargano was like their champ for like 800 days. Holy cow, I did not know that. I didn't I know Pac, yourself. I know Pac was their champion at one point for a little bit. Yeah. Um, That's about it. Yeah. And um oh did and Ari um it sounds like Ari Davari is he with a I know he did he make an appearance with AEW? Um yeah, he was on dark recently. Not well, not just like recently, but at one point he was on dark at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this match actually was a lot better than I was expecting. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I always kind of imagine with the language barrier sometimes how hard that's got to be. 
Um, I know there's wrestler speak that, you know, everyone speaks, but, uh, you know, great back and forth. But um, to my surprise, to be honest with you, um, at the end of the match, Ho-Ho hits a flurry of strikes. I mean, including a shining wizard, uh, Davari on his ass, and then he gets uh, the Masada suplex for the one, two, three. Chug yes. was bonkers. Um, I don't know about you, Justin, but I was kind of shocked. I seen this before, was too. first time I'd seen this, I was definitely surprised. I was like, I honestly thought they were going to go with Davari at that time, but they went with Ho-Ho, and I was like, whoa, that was definitely the surprise right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I wonder, I mean, yeah, dude was over, man. So, I mean, good on him. So, Especially the time when they've already had, they already had his brother. So I figured, hey, why not? You're getting the other one, so why not? Like, they figured they would have been, like, into him, but I guess not. They were just, like... I guess maybe they saw the, the crowd reacting to Ho-Ho Loon, and they were just like, oh, that's what we're going with. Yeah. And I forgot to check to see who Ho-Ho's got. <coughs> Sorry, buddy. He's got in the next round. So I guess we'll, we'll find out. So um, this next match, um, another surpriser for me, um, Cedric Alexander versus Clement. I think it's Patois. Patois? I was yeah. Gonna, I was going to say Peugeot, but there's no G in there. So, but, you know, my, my French isn't very good. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what Morrow kept calling him. Because him and I mean, when Brian was doing it, too, they kept saying it. Both, both of them kept saying it different. Yeah. It's like, you guys are messing me up here. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I mean, if anyone listens to the Ring of Honor Revelry, uh, you know, I'm a humongous Cedric Alexander fan. And dude, this match fucking delivered. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about Peugeot real quick. I'm just going to keep calling him Peugeot because it's easier for me. So okay, uh, that works. But uh, I guess he's still pretty big in uh, in the Europe. Um, big part of WXW in Germany, which makes sense. Um, nice. But trained by Lance Storm. You know, oh, and he, so good. Anybody, I mean, Lance Storm, I mean, not the most charismatic, but dude. Great wrestling. And, and so smart. So smart. Um, and yeah, Clement um, and Pujol, he did a really good, I mean, he played the really played the cocky heel very, very well. You know, and I don't have heat with like any French people or anything, but uh, I thought that was pretty awesome on his part. No, he was really, he did, like, he was a really good heel, and I thought he was solid. Like, I was actually into him. But, of course, I'm with you. I'm a massive Cedric Alexander fan, and the guy is just yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, both both guys, very, very athletic, and this is a very fast-paced match. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of moves, um, Cedric hits this drop kick on that dude. He has got a pinpoint drop kick. I was like, I mean, there's a red Titus drop kick, and then there's everybody else, but Cedric is right there. I was like, why? He's busted out of nowhere. So high, so quick. I was like, holy shit. And then that flying forearm he hit, I swear to God, the dude almost jumped out of the rafters. I know he he looked like he looked like Ricochet when Ricochet does it. He does the same thing like that, and I just see him flying, and I'm like, I swear the guy floats 
before he comes down, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you could count to 10. He's still going. It's like, wow. Um, you know. But uh, towards the end, you know, uh, Pujol does get the, get the upper hand. Um, and he does take off Alexander's head with the uh, that second lariat. I have to admit, I thought that was done. I was like, Cedric got some incredible selling to make that lariat look as good as it did. Like, yeah, he does that complete flip right over to his face, and I'm like, "Yep, that will do it." Yeah, I was like, "Oof!" Um, but then he tries to go back for the for the second lariat, uh, the second lariat, and this is a really awesome finisher because um, Alexander ducked it and somehow got in some weird, like, awesome backbreaker. That's his, that That's his lumbar check finisher. It is such an unbelievable move. And dude hit it out of like I don't mean to quote you know um, Randy Orton or anything, but dude hit it out of nowhere. Oh, he he does like literally. It surprises me because I don't know how he gets to the positions that he hits it. But my God, it is so violent of a move. But it's so amazing to watch because it's just straight up, straight down knees under the bottom and like you see him do it like even when he was like in, in like pwg and he used to do it yeah. he would like kick his feet up so he'd send the person flying like when he did it, i was like if the backbreakers are ready enough you just like say i'm just gonna catapult him off of my freaking knees as soon as i drive him down like insane yeah and for and for me watching um you know because i said yeah he's he's in ring of honor 2012 was in a tag team with Caprice Goldman, another one of my favorites. Um, but I mean, they're in such a stacked tag team. He doesn't get to hit his finisher very often. <laughs> so when he hit that fucking thing, I was like, wow, <laughs> nice. I mean, I, I almost jumped out of my chair. I was like, go Cedric. I still remember seeing that the first time because I remember just like the first time I had ever seen PWG, I just saw highlights of it. And Cedric was in there doing the, the lumbar check. And I think he does it to Candice LeRae. And he just catapults her, like launches her off the off the backbreaker part. And I'm like, that is sickening. That move is nuts. Yeah. Well, shout out to the recently released uh, Candice LeRae. I am a huge Candice LeRae, Mark, speaking of her and PWG. Um. You know, I mean, I hope she does take some time. I mean, because, I mean, they just had their kid, what, like a couple months ago? Yeah, not that long ago. It's been like maybe about a month or so. Yeah, don't rush back, Candace. You just come back and wait a year. You know, take your time, man. I, they always just, uh, you know, I was glad Becky Lynch, because Becky Lynch waited like a year and a half. So I was glad she did that. So because they had She went a full year. So let's see if, if Candace is going to be that same way. I, I hope so, man. It's just like this is the best time of your kid's life. So just you know. Yeah, seriously, I'm not. I wouldn't rush her back at all. Like, let her be. Let, let her take her time off, and then let her come back when she wants to come back. And that's yeah. Cool. So now that we said that, she'll probably be the Joker in the Owen Hart tournament. I'm totally chased her. I just said, but you know. <laughs> and then to our final match for the first episode. And uh, Justin, like we talked about in pre-production, actually throughout the week, um, no offense to the other six competitors, but this is definitely match of uh, of this episode. Yes. Uh, 
you know, and obviously, you know, going into it, you know, I mean, I, I was, you know, looking forward to because it's Kota Ibushi. Um, but, dude, the story of this match was Sean Maluda. Um, I mean, I know he's got the bloodline, you know, he it's, it's it runs in his blood, literally. Um, and I did, a, they did a great job of, of putting him over. Um, he's so good. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, and I, I was kind of surprised because he didn't really have much of a run after this. He really um, didn't. He was, he was in NXT for a little bit. Yeah, last he, time. He was kind of enhancement talent for them, and that's just like you'd get all the new guys that would come in, and they'd just get Sean Maluda every time. Like yeah. when like when Chris Hero came in as with Cassius Ono, they gave him Sean Maluda. It was like yeah. that's all they used him for, and I was like, but he's so good. Why? Yeah, and obviously he's got the heritage. Um, I mean, pretty small. I mean, if he's doing 205, he's actually pretty small for a small one, but um, great match. Uh, Kota Bushi, like he does, though, starts off the match with a Kota Bushi kick. And uh, <clears throat> I put my notes here, you know, Maluda sells the kick, but dude, it's from a Bushi. I don't know how much selling he was doing. His kicks are nuts. Yeah. Every time I see them, I just go, it's got to knock the wind out of everybody who takes a Coda kick. Like that, the sound, I know it's just him slapping leg, but my God, the kick itself is violent as hell. You can't yeah. tell me it doesn't knock the wind out of somebody. Yeah. And, um, you know, and Brian Daniel, uh, or I'm just calling Daniel Bryan, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. Either one, right? <laughs> uh, did a great job. I mean, they. I think him and Marl really kind of. I'm, I'm an announcer guy. Um, I'm I'm a dork for shit like that, and uh, they did a great job of really kind of telling. Because I mean, if people aren't aware of a Bushi story, um, you know, they did a great job of you know telling his story, and also because I mean, Daniel Bryan's wrestled a Bushi, so he's felt those kicks. Um. And uh, they give Maluda a lot of credit because he stuck with the game plan. His his plan was to strike with a bushi. Um, I, I don't know if I would work on that, but uh, you know it didn't work out. But you know, towards the middle of the match, he really started to slow down and it threw some really awesome moves. Um, yes, they have, the kick can actually work. Um, you know, and uh, some crazy dives. Old kid Kaboot. Oh, um, yeah, that one dive that Maluda did where he almost didn't make it. Yeah, but that was a crazy transition when he got out of that, though. Yeah. He, like, landed on his feet going over. Like, it's like he caught the rope and, like, fell over, but he, like, landed on the apron just enough and then, like, rolled through it. And I was like, I don't even care if that was a botch. That looked good. Yeah. I mean, it was it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, Maluda definitely had some people, um, you know. Oh, yeah, I guess I had Kota Bushi, obviously, starting karate. And um, he actually wanted to make a career in kickboxing, but he liked wrestling better. So I am very thankful for that. Um, I don't know if you'd be seeing him as much if he was a kickboxer, but um, and I really got what would the wrestling world have been like without Kota Ibushi? That would have been freaking insane. Do we have Kenny Omega without Kota Ibushi? That's a tough one. I don't even think so. Just saying, and I'm 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 a Kenny Omega fan. I really am, but. Simple fact is, just saying, but 
Um, and Maluda's got some fans, um, you know, but unfortunately the the uh, Abushi crowd definitely uh, overpowered him at the end. We definitely so there's gotta, a chant. There's that chant in the beginning of the match where you hear like the very slightest Maluda chant, but then you get that Abushi chant that's just so loud, and it's like, yeah, I'll just let them go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we did that uh, that nasty code breaker, and uh, Abushi almost busted his neck again. I'm like, what are you doing here, Jesus? His cell was so bizarre; like he looked like rubber, like he was made out of rubber. I just like jumps up and then like kind of just like he's stiff as a board, but just falls backwards. And I was like, but he like bounced all over the place, and I'm like, he looked like rubber, like he was made out of rubber there. Yeah, and then um. You know, and Maluda's smart. I mean, he starts hitting some uh, some combinations on Abushi's neck. Um, you know, once again, you know, the commentators are talking about how he's got he's got the fused neck and everything. So, um, yeah, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Abushi once again another drop kick. I don't know how all these guys do it. I think this is the match that Mauro Ronaldo mentions Kazuchika Okada on commentary. My yeah. God. Just every time I see Okada throw that drop kick, it's nuts. And then I see Abushi throw one, and I'm just like, the height is insane. I'm like, how do you guys even do this? I, I just <laughs> speechless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then Maluda starts getting his axe. He gets his chest kicked in a couple times. Um, and Abushi goes for the pin, um, but he kicks out. And to, to his a testament, so. And we get a, we actually got a f- uh, few false finishes because Maluda put him some holes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the end, Abushi nails a kick to the head. Uh, Maluda's out on his feet. And he nails that last ride powerbomb from the ceiling for the win. So I give it to Maluda for that one kick, though, he threw. That one, like, thrust kick he threw yeah. and just dropped Abushi. I was like, <laughs> if he beats Kota Abushi with that kick, that's big for him. Yeah. But he kicked out and you got that last ride, that sit out last ride. And that move is just my God. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets people up there, man. So, and, and credit to Maluda once again, I mean, selling the head injury, but you know, I don't know how much that was selling. So, you know, great match. Definitely, definitely shows the order the first episode. Um, but then um, Justin, my friend, they show the brackets, and it's going to be Ibushi versus Cedric Alexander in the next round. Here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, and not to be an asshole, but it's moments like this where I don't know the outcome that I'm really stoked for. And unfortunately, we've got to wait two weeks to find out what happens. But I will not spoil it, but I will tell you this. You will absolutely understand why people have said this is an outstanding matchup. I will say that now. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, watching this live must have been torture. Like, <sighs> wait, oh, like I mean, well, probably two, depending on the episodes go, two, three weeks. It was like every other, it was like every week they had it at the time. They had it going every week. Man. And it was just... It, it was one of those times because, again, it was when NXT was on Wednesday 
and it was on the network and it was just like you got that and then you got the cruiserweight classic right after it and it's just like so much but it was like this is when nxt was like at its peak and everybody loved it and then you're following it up with the cruiserweight classic where it's people that nobody really knows people that uh, people have actually seen so it was a tournament again that tournament was so special to everybody because it was yeah. such a big tournament. Yeah, and listen, I mean, we talked about this in the first episode, but I mean, and me, I mean, I had heard about it, <coughs> but I didn't have really consistent access to the network until probably about four or five months after this. So we're kind of seeing, I don't want to see the repercussions, but I mean, you know, obviously DIY is formed after, well, I mean, they were already formed, but I mean, yeah, they go on their run. Um, I know Rich Swan did a bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. TJP, <clears throat> you know. Sorry, they had, some amazing, they had some amazing, amazing talent in this tournament, and every time, yeah, um, so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was really impressed. You know, if I didn't know, um, we kind of do this thing on on the other podcast. Like, if if you would see this is your first thing you ever seen, and this is the first thing I'd seen of NXT. I definitely was tuning in for me too. Oh, it was again, it's such a it was so worth watching because just hearing about it and you saw the like you see the people announced for it and you just get excited for it and then you're watching it and you're just like so invested in just watching this because you're just like do you know what's about to happen? No, nobody knows at this point. You're just watching this going I love cruiserweights. I love wrestling. Just enjoying every second of it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I mean, Daniel Bryan and, and Morrow were, were great picks. Um, this is before Morrow started to get on my nerves a little bit. Um, <clears throat> now, we're, we're both pretty positive people here, but I do have one quick question regarding the announcing, though. Um, like Daniel Bryan saying he's never seen that move before, like three times an episode. Yeah. I mean, some awesome moves. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some, some, some crazy shit, but I mean, it, it just didn't seem genuine to me. It really kind of bothered. It kind of took me out of it a little bit. To be honest. Yeah. Him and his, I'm like, there's no way he hasn't seen these moves like that. I'm like, I mean, Daniel Bryan, you've seen more, you've seen more wrestling than I've seen TV shows in my life. You know, so it's just like, and I know he's trying to sell it and everything, but um, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, it, it definitely felt weird to hear him say that of all of all people. Yeah, and Maro too. I mean, Maro is, I mean, a very intelligent fan. It's been all it's, over the world. So he's, he's legitimately my favorite announcer because he feels like he feels like a fan. The way he gets so excited. But he also can like stay in that zone of being a commentator, and that's yeah. what's the best part about Moro. And a lot of people kind of bitch that. I mean, that he kind of made it about him, but I thought he enhanced everything he did. Oh, easily! Like he was, he made so many of those takeovers feel so much better, like even more incredible because of the fact of who the matches he's calling and the way he his commentary style. Yeah, it's just, and he has the knowledge of wrestling because he does the he does boxing commentary, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So he knows wrestling 
also he knows pretty much any kind of like combat sport it seems like so it's just like he was a perfect pick to have as your commentator yeah um you know so and, and kudos to those guys i mean i'm, I'm a commentator mark I, I really am i mean a commentator can definitely make or break um a match a pay-per-view but i mean yeah those takeovers i mean that that run there from right about now um till about what 17 18 um best wrestling in the world going on at the time that's saying a lot yeah i mean new japan was hot and ring of honor was hot and pwg was hot um impact was not um lucha underground you know so (coughs) just think that was on the same night as nxt so you got to watch not only some amazing stuff in lucha underground but then you were following up with nxt also or yeah. you were doing it the opposite way. Either way, vice versa. But then again, you had this tournament with it. So that's what I used to do with it. Yeah, and like, um, I've never actually thought about this again. This is when I got into it. Um, I wonder if I would have fallen so hard if I hadn't fallen in at such an amazing time. Oh. That'd be interesting to see, so. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, once again, Brett, I mean, you mentioned me a couple times this week, so I'm going to Return to favor, but he always says 2018 was the best year in wrestling history. And a lot of it had to do with what we're watching right now. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, Justin, I think this is a good time to quote unquote take a break because Zoom's kicking us off again here for a second. Yep. So we'll just end this one and I will see you back in about 30 seconds or so. All right. All right, dude. Talk to you, talk to you in a couple seconds. All righty. All right, high fivers. We are back for round two. Um, unfortunately, the Zoom gimmicks kind of fucking Justin and I in the ass here a little bit, but you know we're making do. Technology, everybody. Technology. Sometimes it works for you. Sometimes it doesn't. I definitely ranted about that uh, last week for about half an hour, so I'm not going to bother everybody here. This time, so. Um. But now we are going on to the second episode of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, so we are going into our second uh, second quarter of the first round, I guess, I don't know how you call it. But uh, mm. this one, uh, first match features the Japanese buzzsaw, Tajiri, uh, versus Damian Slater representing um, Australia. Um. And to tell you, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old Tom was pretty excited to see Tajiri. <laughs> Dude in ECW was just a, uh, I mean, tailor-made. You know, and that's before I even knew what Japanese wrestling was. That was uh, the one, that was the one I seen most of them with. Like, like I was mostly with WWE, like where I saw his WWE kind of style run. Yeah. And I was like, I, I like Tajiri, but Going, getting to see his ECW stuff, way better. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it looks like Damian Slater is pretty big in Australia. He's won a bunch of championships in Melbourne. Um, and I guess he's still pretty big. Uh, but, I mean, Australia started to have a little bit of a run. I mean, they had, uh, what were the TM61? Is that what they were called in NXT? Thorn and mm-hmm. the other guy. Um, yeah. Onyx. Um, you know, so, but, uh, I mean, Tajiri's what, 45, I think here. 
Maybe being a little bit older. Um, but dude's gonna wrestle forever. I was to say he never he never looks like he ages at all. He always looks the same. Yeah. Um, and I mean he wrestles obviously a very stiff and hard hitting style, but I mean, I mean, for his age, I mean you're not doing all the high flying stuff, it works. Um, that's the thing. Jerry never really was a high flyer, like a high flyer. He was mostly like a striker slash like submission kind of wrestler. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, they, this uh, Damien Slater, he's uh, he's the world beater, or whatever. So he's they're really playing up this underdog gimmick for him. Um, and I do love how they give a, a cheap plug to the WWE Network. They're like, oh, if you want to watch more Tajiri. Check it out on the WWE Network under plugging. <laughs> this is the time when they were plugging that freaking the network every freaking time. You know, so I mean, I you got to respect it. I was like, really? But, you know, I, I get it. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, but yeah, Daniel Bryan definitely mentions that Slater, uh, you know, gives him a lot of credit because he's sticking because Slater, I guess, is a striker also. Um, and he kind of sticks, he starts striking with Tajiri. I don't know if that's going to work out for him, but, uh, <laughs> you know. But, uh, I remember always getting told never get in a strike fest with Tajiri. It's like always say never get in a strike fest with the Undertaker. Yeah, it's like you don't pee into the wind, you don't strike with Tajiri. I mean, <laughs> but he's from Australia. I mean, that their, their toilets flush different down there, so who knows, so. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Their toilets flush different down there. If they're on the other side of the planet, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch that Simpsons episode? Oh gosh, I don't remember. It's a that long one. time ago. So I mean, this is one of the um, sidebar here. Ding, I don't have a bell or anything, but uh, yeah, someone told Bart Simpson that on the other side of the planet, the the toilets flush the other way. So he called this guy. Oh, like, that you know, episode, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And, guy, and the guy was like on a hold for like three hours because. Because he had to go check his neighbor, it was like too much. Yeah, so right, I remember uh, them now. And actually, just for the record, I'm not to be this guy, but I've been to South America, and the toilets do not flush the opposite way. So Simpsons lied to us, even though they always seem to predict the future. That's very true, very very true. And they love Brett the Hitman Hart. So, um, <laughs> but speaking of the future here, that's a nice segue, Justin. Um, <coughs> We did get some William Regal shout outs in this match, which from Daniel Bryan. So, I mean, laying the groundwork, very little did we know it would be for a different company six years later, but. Mm-hmm. Such an enjoyable tag team, him and Tajiri were, though. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, oil and water, you wouldn't think, but man, so much fun. Um, <clears throat> And once again, and seeing that tarantula, yeah, you can't do it for very long because it's a legal rule in the world, but man, I love that. And no one else seems to be able to pull that move off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a good back and forth. You know, Slater looked good, super athletic, uh, super tough, but I mean, um, yeah, but Tajiri gets a win. He gets a vicious back kick, um, kicks the guy right in the chin, buzzsaw yeah. kick, one, God. Three. The buzzsaw kick is just it, the the kicks enough are to, are enough to make you go. Yeah, I would never want to get kicked by Tajiri, but taking a buzzsaw kick is a complete pass every time. 
Yeah. You know, and, and for someone not that experienced with, with Japanese wrestling, I mean, you're just like, how is that dude's head attached to his shoulder still? <laughs> I always wondered that every time he threw that bus suck. You know, e- even at even at this age, you know, so it's good to see. Um, but we kind of teased it earlier, uh, just until the next round. <coughs> we get to Jerry versus the aforementioned Grand Metal League, the classic Japanese strong style versus Lucha Libre. Styles make fights. Yes. Perfect combination am, of a I, match. I am looking forward to it. They, they've they definitely booked this pretty well. Um, yes. Going into the second round. So um, we'll see if that continues. Uh, the next match, though, my boy, Technical Lightning, TJP versus the Mac. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Demac is still, I mean, it sounds like he's still pretty, he's still working in Germany. Um, you know, he's still pretty huge in WXTW. And uh, I think we talked about this earlier, but I did confirm TJP is actually the youngest wrestler to work in the Tokyo Dome, period. Not the youngest guy, Jim, but the youngest wrestler, period. Such a so good, so good. Yeah. Um, but the Mac, you know, it's it's not the language barrier. I understand that English isn't a second language. Um, but even in the ring, not really a fan. You know, see, I was for, for my first time seeing him, I remember I was kind of impressed with him with what he was doing. I was like, there's something about him. I kind of like it though. Okay. But I'd seen T, but I knew TJP. TJP yeah. is just I'd seen him with his impact stuff when he was manic. I had seen him from other stuff, and I just thought he was such a great technical wrestler. He has some high flying in him when he wants to. I'm just like, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Um, and this is when he was really young still, too. So, Yeah, young with experience. That's a crazy combination. He's 26 here. No, wait. Sorry, he's 26 in Ring of Honor. He's not, he's, he's just, like, he's, I think I said he just turned 30 with over 15 years experience. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of high flying in this match, like you'd expect. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, um, one thing I do want to mention about this match, I actually, we love TJP. And this actually goes the same for Mustafa Ali in the next match. Um, mm-hmm. Both those guys, sell the shit out of their misses. Like when they're yes. doing that 450 splash and they miss, they actually miss, miss. They don't do a flip. They don't land on their feet. You know, they, they completely sell. And that that's what stood out to me. Like, kudos, because you're hitting that mat. Bam. Yeah, they take that full just face bump, and I love it. Um, You know, and not to break down the fourth wall here, people, but they probably know the other guy's going to move ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not, you know, but yeah, but both him and Mustafa Ali in the next match, both, and, and I love that. That's just, I mean, that's going all in for your character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I really uh, they did a good job of, um, you know, the max zone is the injury. Um, you know, he took that awkward landing and then, uh, yeah, and then um, TJP gets that uh, very interesting knee bar on him. You know, yeah. like you like you talked about, he's a great technical wrestler. A lot of people forget, you know, because he's such a high flyer. The boy can, I mean, you get on the mat and work. Mm-hmm. 
He's another one. He's another one who has like these uncomfortable looking submissions where I'm like, he he just has so many different ways to lock you into something. And I'm just like, he's so good. And that again, he's so young still. It's amazing. Yeah, it's um <coughs> yeah, it's just um I'm all in. And then I would talk to her earlier, but him with United Empire. I love and right now that faction is outstanding getting a little too big though i think they keep adding members but i think they just add some other guy but they're led by just think though there's there's they're still led by probably one of the best wrestlers ever in will in will osprey i love that guy yeah and jeff cobb is my favorite wrestler almost oh, all time, so. So um deceivingly yeah. fast incredibly strong just jeff cobb yeah um definitely uh well i mean it would have been interesting it's kind of funny that will osprey was actually not in this tournament now that you mention it (laughs) i think there was i remember there was talk that they wanted to get him in there at one point but i was like but he i guess turned it down which surprised the hell out of me but he was he was on the rise like he's always been doing like he's been doing for years. He's just the guy can go anywhere and he's just outstanding. Yeah, I wonder how different this tournament looks if uh, Ricochet or Will Ospreay show up in this in this tournament. Oh, my God, you want to talk about like this tournament's already memorable because everyone loves it. But if you had those two in there, this tournament just skyrockets. I mean, because Ricochet joins NXT not shortly thereafter. That I mean, within a year or so. You know, maybe he was injured. Who knows? Because I mean, this is this is about a year after their legendary match. You know, that blew up the internet. You know, I think he was. No, I think this is when he was still locked into the Lucha Underground stuff. Oh, uh, see, Justin. Yep, brain on this guy. Tie fibers. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, that shitty Lucha Underground contract. God, I felt so bad for all those Lucha Underground people. They got screwed. Yeah. Yeah, they're making like $800 or like $8,000 a season or something like that for like 39 episodes. Yeah. The product is so good, but it's like you see all the other stuff backstage that's like going on with it. And it's just like, how? How do you let that just fall apart like that? Yeah. And where can I watch it? Come on, Lucha Underground. Get your shit together. Um but yeah, like we alluded to, um, TJP is the winner. But Justin, once again, it's gonna be TJP versus either Johnny Gargano or Tomas Ciampa. <clears throat> I have a feeling I unfortunately I think I know which one of the two it is already, but either way, that match is gonna rule ass. That's at the time at the time when it got to that, I, I didn't care who won that because TJP versus either one is a yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so good. Um, I wonder is that match uh, is uh, Gargano Champa the last match of the the episode that we episodes? Be interesting to see. I guess we'll find out. I mean, next week, but I don't know because they put a lot of stock in that match, which was good to see. So, mm-hmm. um, but Justin, when we were talking about Lucha House Party earlier, next match. We've got Lindsay Dorado, the Golden Lynx, 
uh, representing Puerto Rico versus one of my personal favorites overall, uh, Mustafa Ali representing Pakistan. Um, if you're wondering why I'm saying one of my personal favorites, Mustafa Ali is a Chicago guy. Um, he is actually very huge in AAW out of Chicago. Uh, my personal, one of my personal favorite promotions. And at the time, I just want to shout out my boy Trent from AEW. Uh, thanks for all your help. And, uh, but uh, yeah, um, great match. Um, Absolutely. Styles make fights. And uh, these two, once again, like we talked about early and earlier, Mustafa Ali, he sells the shit out of that 450. He's face plants it. Yeah, I guess Ali was a cop before. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it sounds like to like two like two thousand nine. I guess he was a cop in suburban Chicago. So, mm. yeah, I I didn't know anything about either of these two, and just outstanding both of them. Yeah, it's um cream of the crop here, but um let's see here. Um, yeah, I guess I'll use he had a cop until two thousand nine. Um, yeah, it sounds like since Lindsay got released from WWF, he's been um. He's been working with a Lucha Libre marketing company. Um, so he's not kind of getting away from, from the wrestling, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a company that's geared towards um, expanding the culture of Lucha Libre, which I know you guys can't see me because this is an audio podcast, but I'm raising my hand. Count me in. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm very fascinated with Lucha Libre. So that's pretty awesome. So, um, but yeah, these two just killed it. You know, no, I will. No, I did complain a little bit earlier about Daniel Bryan saying he never seen that before. But mm-hmm. that reverse springboard into the the, the die of her and her Karana thing <coughs> that I'd never seen before. I will. <laughs> so <coughs> that was pretty sweet. Um, unfortunately, Ali probably took more of it than he should have. <coughs> Sorry, high fivers. The crazy Spanish fly too, where Lindsay's oh. on the top, where he's on the top, and he's on the second rope, and he jumps straight up and in one motion just hits it, just mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like I said, I mean, and people forget too, listen, I mean, credit to Ali because the guy receiving said move, um, you know, is doing a lot of the work. Um, but man, yeah, these two are magic, so um. And yeah, yeah, I, I was a tad disappointed. I'll be honest, with you. I'm a Mustafa Ali guy. Um, I was kind of hoping he'd win, but dude, that shooting star press so amazing. Um, it wasn't Christopher Daniels good, but it was pretty fucking close. Yeah, um, I, I love the shooting star press just because. Other than like, like you don't see a lot of people using it anymore. Yeah. So, so when you see it, it's like, oh my god, he did, he did a shooting star. I'm already happy right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, and it just seemed like once again he was up there for forever. <coughs> so Lince Dorade moves on to the next round, and I think. I'm not sure if he gets the winner of Jack Gallagher versus Fabian Archer. I don't remember. Um, I think he does. So, um, but then the last match, um, Akira Tozawa versus Kenneth Johnson. 
So I have a confession hmm. to make here for you, Justin, you know, to the world. When I first saw this, I was like, who the fuck is Kenneth Johnson? And why do I? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, but that, that introductory thing where they talked about, like the guy had a speech impediment and like he busted his ass for like four or five months just to be able to talk to make that, you know, to work that hard. Um, kudos to him. I mean, I was wrong. You know, I'll, I'll admit it. You know, and he's not that good, you know, in the ring per se, but dude's got all heart and I can respect that. Um, I thought he did solid, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean, he really did. I mean, he's in there with an amazing, I mean, um, I mean, Tazawa is just on another level. Um, but dude hung in there, took some crazy shots, showed a shit ton of heart. And um, yeah, dude deserves all the kudos that he can get, man. So I, you know, Kenneth Johnson, if you ever hear that, I do apologize. I was wrong. You have my utmost respect. Um. You know, in uh, the beginning promo, too, I thought it was pretty kind of, kind of cool because I'll be honest with you, because I'll actually seem pretty engaging in his promo, too. Yes, easily. <laughs> um, with, uh, you know, obviously it's um, it's not his first language, but with what little he did, it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You don't see a lot of Japanese people who, like, kind of are, like, you can understand them very well when they talk, when they actually try to talk English. It's like, but like, even with the Joshi, like women, you hear them talk and they can speak English and you can understand them clearly. <coughs> Speaking of which, sidebar here. And the fact that I'm bringing this up because I'm not a big fan of WWE, but did you see that uh, Asuka Becky Lynch promo yesterday? I love that. That was. Oh, so I watched it four times today. I'm I like, laughed so hard that night, like last night watching that. I laughed. It was so funny. Oscar, you I heart you, Oscar. That was that was <laughs> fucking that was fucking gold. It was you left she, me, mommy, and you come back cry, baby. She's she's wonderful. Oscar is amazing. I just love her. She is so funny. Like, yeah, she's not, like, fluent English, but you can understand just enough to hear her, like, when she speaks, and you just get enough to laugh at what she says. Yeah, and you're not laughing at her. Yes, um, you're laughing with her because what she's saying is hysterical. Yeah, um, so good. And Becky Lynch doing the best that she could to not laugh. <laughs> just had to walk off camera. Um, yeah, and the fact I would never laugh at Asuka because the simple fact is she'd take my fucking head off. <laughs> she's one I would never want to piss off um, you know so I mean it's good enough for me to bring up something from WWE so if that tells you anything so um, <laughs> yeah but back to the match um, yeah man Tazawa threw everything at him um, I mean he he beat the piss out of this guy uh, but at the end he does uh, he get the German simp- uh, suplex and uh, one two three his German is insane yeah. The first time I see this and just the, the velocity on how fast he brings him over, I go trying to break the guy's neck or something. Just how fast he just, he like shit whips him, just yeah. locks it in and throws him. And I'm like, damn, <clears throat> that was so fast. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I'm, I'm glad Tazala still has a job, you know, with the WWF, but find something for this guy to do. I know. No more 24-7 stuff. He's so good. Like, that man deserves to be in the mid-card chasing after the U.S. slash intercontinental title, whichever one. Yeah. And, and it's not just the ring, dude. The guy's full of personality. Yeah. I could, well, I mean, after watching that, pro, I would watch the Zala skits all fucking day. Oh. You know, so. But, I mean, that is the curse of this tournament. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm glad he still has a job, you know, at the end of the day. So, and it sounds like Kenneth Johnson didn't really do much after this, but he, I mean, he's very, very active in his community. Um, oh, one another, thing. Another one who NXT picked up and just turned into enhancement talent. Yeah. Um. One funny note, though, when I was doing some research on him. Sorry, guys. Um, there's another famous WWE Hall of Famer named Kenneth Johnson. Um, that used to sing a song called Jive Soul Bro. Actually, the Slickster's real name is Kenneth Johnson. So everything Whoa. I picked up Kenneth Johnson wrestler showed up for the Slickster. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I go down this goddamn, I do some research, I go down this goddamn Slickster fucking rabbit hole. Anyways, I was like, oh man, I miss this Slickster, so. Cue the, the more you know star. Yeah. Um, I mean, Slickster is so good, so I'm, I'm so glad he's still with us, so. Um, yeah, and he was actually just at a wrestling 80s con in your neck of the woods uh, last weekend. Really? Yeah, yeah, North Jersey, so. Nice. Yeah, so. Um, all in all, I mean, the first episode was a tad bit better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm really kind of bummed Mustafa Ali. I'm glad he still has a job. Uh, I'm glad he, I'm kind of bummed he lost this, but I mean, the future is bright, my friend. I mean, yeah. it's the beginning. I mean, obviously, you know a lot better than I do, but mm-hmm. they, they, they've done a great job of setting this up. So, yes. <coughs> Again, uh, when, again, watching this live when it was happening, I, I thought they were doing an outstanding job with how they were booking the tournament, who was winning. They were actually giving the people that you didn't know like a chance to do something so it wasn't just them getting like squashed the entire match. Yeah. So. Yeah, every, every single match was competitive. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I couldn't even pick out a match that was the least competitive out of any of them. And there's a couple of them I, I assumed were not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenneth Johnson, I thought that dude was going to be done in 38 seconds. Um, Sean Maluda, you know, I thought that guy was going to be done in like three minutes. Um, yeah, so especially yeah, they, in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, as, as much as people sometimes hate on 50-50 booking, but they did the 50-50 booking here to a T. It was awesome. I just, I mean, I'm stoked. You know, I mean, I've been stoked to do this with you for a while, but I mean, I'm even more stoked now. So, yeah. So, just unfortunately, my voice is about kaput. So, thank you once again for for shouldering the load on me again. So, uh, <laughs> but dude, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. And now we've got, uh, obviously, we got Champa and Gargano. We've got Fabian Eichner, um, Eichner and uh, Jack Gallagher. Um, I mean, I could probably pull up the thing in front of me, but uh, um, 
Shit. I think that's, I think we have the we have the the Bollywood boys also. Oh yeah. So. So. It's gonna be fun. So. Definitely. All right, Justin. Well, as we pull this in, uh, you want to plug um your awesome podcasts. Um, actually, real quick, um, let you take the floor for a little bit. So, uh, you posted on Twitter. You guys are kind of reformatting a little bit. We tried. We were trying something different because just to see if it was like something different, just to give it a, like a different feel. We wanted to see if we were going to like start doing, cause usually we have both shows, like two different shows meshed into one episode, but it was like, I had a talk with a couple people and they were like, love the episodes and all it's like, but well, maybe you should like split them up because not a lot of people will invest themselves in like a three hour episode or stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. So I split it. So we split them up, but it's like, I kind of enjoyed what we were doing, like keeping them as two both shows in one episode kind of thing. But like I said, we're going to keep, we're going to split them up first for a little bit, see if it makes a difference, see if anybody's really into that. But and if not, we're just gonna jump back to doing two episode, like two shows in one episode, kind of like that, kind of thing, all over again. See me personally, like when I listen to podcasts, I mean, I'm I'm in for the long haul, so I got no problem with a three hour podcast. I mean, I, I mean, I might pull a gram and I might you know pull up the speed a little bit quicker. I'm not I'm not listening to it on three like he does. Um, I don't know how he listens to it on three <laughs> times. Jeez. Graham's a genius, so I mean, shout out to Graham. Um, you know, good cop, bad cop, and those guys and everything. But um, but people, listen, if you're not, um, make sure you follow Justin on Twitter. Um, he's a great Twitter follower. Um, like I said, he's my brother in positivity here in this not so awesome, you know, in you know this occasionally hectic IWC that we're in. Um but and plus, I mean, he's on so many different other podcasts um, that I need to you know, fo- follow more often. Um, I'm guilty. I don't follow as much. But, I mean, you make guest appearances on plug some of the other shows. I've been on I've been on Good Cop, Bad Cop before. I've been on Wrestling on the Rocks. I've been with Terrible Wrestling Takes. Front face like you, right? Uh, we do like live streams with them. I haven't actually been on a, sh- a, a like their show yet, but we do like a bunch of live streams together because we got our League of Extraordinary Idiots where we just yeah. hang out, talk wrestling, talk whatever, just have some fun. Yeah. Oh shit! And I can't believe I forgot this, Justin. I'm so embarrassed. I wanted to dedicate this episode to our good friend, Mr. Tim King, and his yes. badass wife, Melissa. Um, congratulations on the baby guys. I meant to start the episode, but I lost my <laughs> fucking voice. So Tim and Melissa, I'm sorry. Uh, two great humans, um, creating what it's going to be a, a great human. Um, I love those two. Uh, Tim showed me a lot of love without even knowing who I was. Uh, the first time we met, uh, so I'm eternally grateful to those guys, but congratulations guys. Um, yeah, I, we're, we're very excited for you and I do apologize that your humongous shout out went last and it was supposed to be first. Um, I didn't even as mention long it. As long as you get it in, I, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah. But follow the wrestle index. Um, Tim does a great job, but yeah, I mean, follow, follow Justin. I mean, all bullshit aside, man, the, the guy's putting out great shit. Um, you know, anything he follows, you should follow too. So um, Justin, my friend, 
Thank you. Um, hopefully, Thank you. I'm not sick like I was last week, and hopefully, <laughs> I have more of a voice next week. But, uh, dude, this is awesome, man. I am really pumped. I'm actually going to watch uh, the next two episodes uh, tomorrow morning. So, I'm fucking stoked. So, all right, Thanks, high fires. We will talk to everybody next week.